Well, I hope you still don't want to hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> but you do have to talk about the That's negative right. feelings. That's like right. if you're gonna grow in intimacy. Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And we want to say thank you to you for tuning in and having a <laughs> listen to us today as we continue with our conversation about emotional needs. How We want to talk about how we can think about them in a healthy way, how we can identify our own emotional needs. We're going to be using, again, Dr. Willard Hartley's emotional needs questionnaire. This is part two. It is. We did part one last week. This week is part two. And if you haven't listened to part one, encourage you go back uh, have a listen we will also have the questionnaire once again included in our show notes in this episode and so you will have an opportunity to uh, well we encourage you go download it take a look at it yeah. work through the questionnaire uh, with your spouse or even for your own self to identify yeah, it's, it's very interesting to to evaluate those things and and yeah try to try to discern what's going on that's right <laughs> inside that's, of ourselves that's right that's right but before we jump into unpacking the next six items on the questionnaire well, we just went to a concert. We did. And it was fun. Yeah, we love music and we love concerts. And the other night, we were finally able to go and see yes. For King and Country perform. <laughs> yeah. This has been three three, three years. years in the making. I think they've tried seven times yeah. where they had to reschedule because we bought these tickets in the fall, right before, like, the whole COVID-19 outbreak right. thing. Yeah. And so... They kept canceling uh, the concert. Yeah, so they would try to rebook, and it would have to be postponed and postponed. But finally, yeah. the other night, it happened. Yeah, and they put on a great show. <laughs> we would highly recommend it. It was awesome. I, I think it got rescheduled so many times, I finally got to the point where... Even though this one was scheduled, I was just waiting for the next yeah. email to say, oh, we yeah. rebooked it. But, you know, you started kind of watching them. They were showing up on their tour and I'm like, okay, we're going. Yeah, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope. Yeah. It's going to happen. We yeah. had to drive a few hours did. to be able to attend the conf or the concert concert yeah. not conference able to attend the concert, which gave us a, a little bit of time to connect as a family. I'm not yeah. sure what you know, uh, our listeners do, but when you're in a car and you're driving, is there, is it just kind of uh, everyone on their devices? Is there conversation? One of the, you know, we've kind of do both different yeah. times. This time though, we really said, let's spend some intentional time having some conversation together. Yeah. And it was really fun because you had uh, received an email. We get these emails and they're all about asking good questions. Yeah, from and Bob TD. Yeah, and yeah. they're super helpful in just really evaluating what what kind of questions am I asking? Do yeah. I ask questions or do I just give advice? Which yeah. is an interesting concept. <laughs> and Maybe a podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we, he had sent an email and it had like I think 25 fun questions that you could ask. Yeah. So we went through some of those and it was actually a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. and we had a lot of really good laughs yeah. answering the questions. One of them was, uh, what movie title best describes your life? <laughs> and yeah. one of our kids very jokingly said a series of unfortunate <laughs> events and she was like, no, I'm, I'm kidding, but it's super funny. Yeah. 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 Another question was, if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with the extra time? Yeah. And that was interesting just to hear everybody's, uh, what they would do with yeah. that extra time. Which really was 
we basically all said the same thing is that we would just do the things we we're already doing, but we would actually get our to-do list finally completed. Yeah, we the, thought maybe because the to-do list would probably just Well, that's what more. I would think. Well, and my thinking was you'd have more time to do the things you actually want to be right. doing, right? Like to sit with a cup of coffee and read a book because yeah. I've got quite a few if books. If you want to do that. That I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to read these and it it's... the. The pile's growing, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what would you do? That is a great question. What would you do? You know what? Ask that question tonight at the dinner table. Uh, go around. If you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with the extra time? And just see what Yeah, or responses. ask what movie title best yeah. describes <laughs> yeah. your life. It's interesting, the responses. That was get. that was a funny, uh, those were funny, just to review them. Anyways, all in all, it was a great night. Yes. It was a great car ride. We had a lot of fun. And uh, and hopefully we can go to some more concerts yeah. in the future. This is something our family really enjoys being part of and being able to go to concerts, have fun. And anyways, yeah. it was all in all. Yes. Great night, great yeah. memories. Moving on. Yeah, let's jump into our emotional needs. And uh, last time we talked about the need for affection, the need for sexual fulfillment, the need for intimate conversation, and the need for recreational companionship. And mm-hmm. so today we're going to talk about the other six that are on the questionnaire. What's the first one? First one that we're starting off with today is a need for honesty and openness, which is a craving to receive truthful and frank information from someone about positive and negative feelings, events of the past, daily events and schedule, and plans for the future, not leaving a false impression. And so that's kind of the big umbrella definition of honesty and openness that they have. And one of the things that I, I've i worked on, I guess, in my own life and in our, our relationship, and this is something that I always talk with when I'm meeting with men and, and couples and just being open and honest about everything, not just yeah. our, like, our feelings and our hearts, which I've shared in the past was really hard for me to unpack and, and, and share, which now isn't. And I enjoy that part of our relationship and sharing what's going on inside of me, inviting you into that. But I think openness and honesty, and it alludes to it here, is being open about our daily events and our schedule. Like, who are we going for coffee with? Who are we going for lunch with? Where are we going for lunch? Like, all of this stuff, like everything, kind of like fully unzipping and being fully transparent and open and honest. And I know for some, it's like, well, you know, that makes them feel uncomfortable or like someone's watching over them all the time or, but I think in our relationship, it's brought safety. Like when you know where I'm at, when you know what I'm doing, when I know where you're at and who you're with, like actually being open about those things. I think for us, it, we've seen more like like I said are there's safety within the relationship yeah and not not that we have to get like nitpicky and super controlling about each other's schedules right. it's just that willingness uh and that being forthcoming with this is what my day looks like this is what I'm doing where I'm going it, it creates that security and that solid foundation that there isn't surprises right that we we don't know what our spouse is doing without that it can feel like your foundation it, it's unsecure it's unstable you mm. can't really trust if it's going to fall out at any mm. point and one of these with the honesty and openness in the description is about positive and negative feelings mm. and i know for me 
the negative feelings was a lot harder to voice. Again, just with my personality, it was like, well, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to hurt your feelings. (laughs) I don't want to start an argument because I love having peace and calm. I hope you still don't want to hurt my feelings. (laughs) Well, no, but but you do have to talk about the negative feelings. Like if you're going to grow in intimacy, if you're going to deal with the stuff, the, the negative stuff in your relationship and grow in oneness, you have to also deal with the negative feelings. Where mm-hmm. are they coming from? Mm-hmm. Right? Are those negative feelings based on a, a true issue that needs to be resolved in the relationship? Or are those negative feelings based on some internal selfishness or wrong assumption or something else that's going on? And yeah. so to really dive into that and openly and honestly share that with each other and not to get defensive, mm. which is really easy to do, but to yeah. have that conversation to process what's going on mm-hmm. so that we don't end up building this wall in between us that just makes us feel so distant and far apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there something that helped you? I, I, I don't know if you've shared this in the past. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Maybe we have new listeners, but is there something that's helped you be able to navigate those, as you alluded to, like the negative feelings, not alluded, you said it. So the negative feelings, is there something that's really helped you strengthen that muscle to be able to bring it forward? Yeah, I think the first thing was awareness to realizing that it's not selfish to voice those things. That's how we grow. Right. And so it was a wrong belief in thinking that, oh, I just need to stuff it. I need to sweep it under the rug. I can just push it down and ignore it. It's wrong because then I ended up harboring bitterness and resentment. We weren't dealing with issues. I was just holding on to them. And then eventually once it got to the point. We would deal with it, but it's going to be Well, it got to the point where it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. (laughs) And then it all comes out at once and not even knowing like what's the real issue. It's just this huge laundry list of these offenses over the past how long that I've been stockpiling. And so realizing that that's not healthy. That's not how you have oneness and that closeness in a relationship. So getting rid of the wrong thinking and awareness that it was Mm. wrong thinking Mm -hmm. was the first thing and then you being receptive Mm. we had to develop this as a muscle that when I brought up an issue instead of you getting defensive you were willing to hear me out and work through it together and try to have some understanding and even if we disagreed even if we didn't um, fully come to the same page we both felt heard right we both felt like we could come to a place where we were happy with the resolution. Mm. We, we worked to have that win-win yeah. versus getting defensive and it became something that one of us had to win, one of us had to lose. Mm-hmm. And so it, developing that muscle between us mm. and that helped, what, what helped with that was making the decision as a couple that we want mm. yeah, a right. relationship where we're both winning, right. that we're solving our issues and yep. not just sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. And I had to recognize that, uh, you know, early on, I wouldn't engage in those conversations. So mm-hmm. that awareness on my side, right? The, like there's awareness happening on both sides to be yeah. able to engage in that. And anyways, yeah, thanks for sharing those things. Number six, 
need for physical attractiveness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one, this one just ah, just I know makes let you us, cringe let us a explain. little bit. Yeah, whole, let us explain as we unpack this one. Well, explain how we've wrestled. Through how it. we've wrestled with it, and and understand and why this would be on this questionnaire. Uh, the definition for physical attractiveness attractiveness is a craving to observe someone whose physical appearance is aesthetically and or sexually pleasing to you. One of the things that I love in that definition is it's to you, right? Like we're the ones that are defining it, uh, like the physical attractiveness piece. And I believe that like beauty should change as we are growing older together like you are my definition of beauty right and so as you know as we've grown older we're not 20 we're not you know teenagers when we first met anymore we are older things have changed we look different we look (laughs) yeah and so does my definition of beauty change because we're going to continue to look different yeah and we're going to get wrinkles as we get older and if i hold my definition of beauty to be you know 17 year old or 20 year old valerie then when we're 70 i'll be like oh she's not beautiful anymore but if I hold my definition of beauty to be 70-year-old Valerie, yeah. then whatever's going on, you will always be beautiful. And so, and I, vice I, versa for me towards you. Right. Yeah. And so I, I like that it starts with that in the definition. Where this starts to get, um, where we wrestle with it is, is how do you approach this conversation even if, if this is a, you know, a high need of wanting your spouse to be physically attractive because then it's just like, is that selfish? Is that shallow? Shallow? Is that, you know, and one of the things that has helped us with that is again, the definition needs to change as a spouse change. But we were at a marriage conference once and a couple was sharing at this marriage conference you had to stand in front of the group and share that's not how family life no conferences run just no, fyi no yeah that's right but we were actually doing this emotional needs question yeah we were, we were at a conference learning to be facilitators of this other program yeah, yeah which is not family life family life does not put you on the stage and you have to bear yeah, everything no, no. in front of the group but this one <laughs> you had to and i remember this lady saying to her husband how you would always get dressed to go to work monday to friday and then on saturday mornings you would get up and you would wear the oldest clothes that you possibly had with <laughs> holes in it and and to her looking she was, pretty disheveled yeah and she was just like you know, it matters to me that you still look good around me and and wear nice things around the house. Now, if you're in the yard, I understand. But like if we go out for lunch on Sunday or Saturday, that you would also dress up for me as well. Yeah. You know, that we would run a comb through our hair. We would brush <laughs> our teeth. Like that's part yeah, of physical hygiene. But, but here's the thing, like that's part of physical yeah. attractiveness. And that's where how we've wrestled through this is like, oh, wait a second. Physical attractiveness isn't just about like not gaining weight or what whatever like does that make sense? But but it's also about like the personal hygiene and the combing your hair and and so can we have a conversation as a couple saying you know what this is important to me or you know what no I don't mind that when you come home from work that you go into sweatpants or whatnot. I mean, sometimes we work from home. So sometimes I'm still in my pajama pants when we're recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, me too. Not today. I put on shorts today. But, but, but here's the thing, right? Because it, 
it hasn't been a big thing in our relationship of like, but it's important to us. We're still wrestling through it, I guess. We are wrestling through it because it, it, it can become shallow and petty very quickly. Right. And so the physical attractiveness is not expecting your spouse to stay the same all throughout your relationship. They're mm. going to change. They're going to not look the same. And so again, your definition of beauty changes as they grow and mature. Mm-hmm. But also taking care of ourselves, doing the personal hygiene, be, being mindful of mm of uh are we taking care of ourselves as far as what we're eating or you know just those Mm -hmm. general things of caring for ourselves versus just letting it all Mm -hmm. go right i'm married now so it's all good yeah yeah. But, but can we still be like no i'm married but i'm still going to work at being physically attractive for you yeah, and putting in the effort for you in a way that is meaningful to you yes right because that is going to change couple to couple some people would hate the thought of putting on a suit and a fancy dress and going right. to a fancy restaurant right. for them that's torture right other couples it's like no that that is something special and i find that very attractive right other people like no i want to put on my my you know workout clothes and go play football in the in the park yeah right and and that's attractive can we we do that that'd be awesome (laughs) sure let's do it and so again it's what matters to you as individuals and as a couple and what do you find physically attractive and are you putting in the effort Mm -hmm. to to do that for one another right right so hopefully that makes sense (laughs) this is always every, every single time we go through this questionnaire that one it just gets us and uh and I hope that we've been able to navigate through that conversation in a way that is thought-provoking and hopefully helpful yeah. in how you as our listeners would be able to process it as well. Yeah. 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 All right. Next one. Need for financial support. And this is a craving to receive help with financial resources to house, feed, and clothe your family. And so this one, it is a a big one of mine that that you would provide for mm-hmm. our home. I've always helped with that. And, mm-hmm. and there's been moments where in our lives where one of us is maybe working and the other isn't mm-hmm. and, and having kids and getting through university and stuff like that. But um, that definitely is one for me. And I guess I've always just had a sense that you would provide, mm-hmm. right? That you would find a way and if that meant you had to get another job or whatever that that you would mm-hmm. so it is a need of mine but if i was to rank them it would be pretty low because you've always met it right right and, and that's been our approach like i would I, I would do those things i do carry that weight of making sure that our family is provided for mm-hmm. this is a weight that i do carry that i will as you said i will go and work two jobs. I'll do what we what needs to be done to provide for our family. That is something that I don't know, it's just how I've hardwired or how I'm built or or part of it's the it, for us I would even say this is one of those unspoken things, but we've landed on the same piece and as we've talked about it and understood it and I hope that I have provided that security and the financial support that you're looking for and I think I have yeah not that I and we hope talked I about do. on a previous podcast our our, our budgeting and our financial right. differences and fears and we did have to work through all of that right yeah but it is something that I do care I mean even 
you know, leaving my the, the secular job, so to speak, that I had to move into mo- the ministry as a as a vocation, as a job, there was a pay cut. And yeah. I I we I did take that into account and, and factor that and I do carry this. I, I do carry the weight of the financial support. Not that you've casted it onto me. I just mean like I carry that as the You husband. have a sense of responsibility. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have a sense of responsibility as the husband in the home and the father to provide and I'm going to do what it takes to yeah. do that. But again, yeah, it's not one of those high ranking things on our list. Yeah, and and for some couples, they like us, they're dual income. Uh, mm-hmm. You do work more hours than I do. Right. But for other couples, it, it might be the reverse. And so it's going to look different in different families. But to have that conversation of, is it a big need mm-hmm. for that financial support in in both mm-hmm. helping and contributing that way. Yeah, and I think one of the things here in the definitions, it uses like a craving to receive help, right? And maybe it's not a craving. It's just like uh, an interest to receive help or a focus there. And why I'm bringing that up is as a listener, if you go through the emotional needs, don't get hung up on like the big words like, well, it's not a craving that I have. That's where we would be, right? It's not this craving, but it is a an area of focus or an area that we want to have addressed. It's more of a sense of responsibility and what does that look like? Because in in our case, the reason I don't work as many hours is so that I can do more at home and be with the kids more. Yeah, which actually great segue into the next one. (laughs) Uh, Great job there, which is the next emotional need we want to talk about is need for domestic support, which is a craving to receive help with household tasks and care of the children, if any are at home. And for us, again, that word craving we could get hung up on but we've been able to work through this because I would have a I guess in this questionnaire I would say then that I have a need for domestic support but it's something that you've always taken care of you have taken care of our home and we have talked about like what that looks like yeah, and and having a sanctuary in, in our home of like wanting this to be a and and the aroma maybe that's a better word, language of like how do we create the aroma that we want in our home and and so we've been able to have like what does that look like in terms of aesthetics of the home or cleanliness of the home or how we're raising our kids in our home the attitude of our home the attitude of our home right like we've we've had those discussions so again this isn't a high need of mine but it definitely is a a, like a focus point yeah well i think it's similar with the financial one It, it it's not high on the ranking because we've intentionally invested in it. And so right. it, it's it's met. And so then it kind of falls down in the importance because it's like, oh, yeah, it's already there. Right, yeah. <laughs> but that that has been a huge thing in our relationship is what do we want our home to feel like? And, mm-hmm. and by that, we mean the relationships, the interactions, those kinds of things. But then there is also the household tasks, right? right. And just the caring for uh, the children and and the food and the cleaning Laundry. and all those things. And, yeah. and we have a home where we do both help. Right. Yeah. I've learned how to do laundry. We've yeah. talked with that. I, you know, have in the past <laughs> learned how to walk over top of the laundry basket at the bottom of the yeah. stairs. Not a good suggestion. Not but another. But it, yeah. yeah, this is one that we've been able to, I guess, divide up and talk about what that would look like in yeah. our home. Yeah. And be. again, because we both work, right? We're dividing it up. We're being partners mm-hmm. in all of this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, next one is the need for family commitment. And so this is a craving to receive help with the moral and educational development of your children within the family unit. Mm -hmm. For me, this one was a huge piece in that I do spend probably more time with the kids, again, because you work more than I do. Mm. But when Until you- it comes to math. Then, yeah, um, that's true. You help with the math homework. <laughs> I'm brought in when it's when it's math homework. Yeah, that would be the educational development. Yeah, wait for your father to get home. <laughs> yes, but but with the moral and the educational, like doing family devotions yeah. as life happens, taking those moments to point our kids to God and what does God mm-hmm. say and what does God think about this and mm-hmm. how can we view this with a Christian lens. Uh, versus, you know, a, a different lens. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely a high need for me is mm-hmm. that you are intentionally investing our in our kids that right. way. Yeah. And this is one of those things I think we both are highly invested in with, yeah. our, with our kids. And there are times where, you know, yeah, you've led or brought like, hey, let's do this for devotions or let's read through this or this video series. And there's other times where I'm like, hey, I found this video series. Let's do this. And so we've been able to, again, this is uh, an important piece in both of our lives that we want to be passing this on and and what that's looked like and, and how we've been able to navigate, navigate through it um, yep. for the family commitment. Number 10 need of admiration which in and this is our last one uh to go through here so need of admiration a craving to be shown respect value and appreciation this craving word sure sure shows up a lot uh throughout (laughs) the i think it's actually in all of them because i think what they're trying to do is is help you identify like you're really high um like because when you well, go through the questionnaire, when you something. go through the questionnaire, you you will rank these. Yeah. And so the reason why it's a craving, because if it's if it's a craving, it'll be really, really high. Yeah, you're hungry for that. That's right. And if it's not a craving, then it'll just be a little bit lower. You may still have the need. I, I think we have all of these yes, needs in our lives. It's just certain ones are higher. And and it could even change depending on what's happening in the, in our life, in the season we're in right now. Mm-hmm. The stage of, or like the, the where we're at in our relationship. Yeah, right. And so it, they could could kind of bounce up and down and so that's probably why they have the word craving because it really then forces you to be like is this a craving is this a high need or is this a a lower need in my life for those things but you know what when we are showing our spouse respect when we are valuing them and we are appreciating them this is signs of a healthy relationship like this is going to help build into a healthy relationship uh, when we have respect and value and appreciation and one of the things that that we ask ourselves and, and have worked through in our own lives is what does that look like mm-hmm. what does respect look like to you how can i appreciate you how can i show you that you are valuable and then I'm going to do those things. And, and we've shared that previously, but so often we just say, I have, not I, like we say it, but we hear couples say, like, I have a need for respect. And I'm like, oh, I tell myself, like, I want them to respect me. It's like, right, but have you ever provided, like, what does that look like? Or I want to be appreciated. Okay, so what does that look like? Have you actually shared and defined the word appreciation? Yeah. For each other. And a nuance with this one is are you being respectable? <laughs> yeah, right, right. If right. you are being very unrespectable, but then saying, Oh, I have a high need <laughs> for respect and for admiration, what is there to admire? Right. If, if you're not 
living in a way that deserves that. Mm. And so that's another thing that just because we have a need for one of these mm-hmm. things, if we're not deserving yeah. of it, yeah. and especially with this yeah. particular you're selfish, need. You're rude all these things but it's like i want to be respected it's like well no no yeah we we can still voice our concerns in a respectful way but we need to voice our concerns those are legitimate complaints Mm -hmm. that do need to be dealt with because otherwise we're we're not loving our spouse we're feeding into and enabling very sinful wrong behavior and and that becomes very toxic in a relationship Mm. and so Especially with this one, we need to be doing things that deserve respect and and value and appreciation mm. in order to be receiving those things. But this, we're identifying we have a need for it. But that's just kind of another thing to be processing. Yeah. That if you're in a place where your spouse isn't being respectable, mm. that's something else that you need to address, whether the need is there or not. Right, right. So that's the questionnaire. And, you know, hopefully... As our listeners, you'll download that, go through them, have a conversation on the questionnaire. It gets you to then to rank them and helps you to process those things with that. We also want to say this as we begin to wrap up here today. And, and this is important, I think, to uh, this goes for both shows. The last week's show where mm-hmm. we talked about the first four of the emotional needs and then this week's show where we talked about the final six uh, on the questionnaire. But the emotional needs are not meant to be used as a weapon, uh, to be used as an excuse or uh, as a manipulation tactic, right? Like we can't be like, we, we can't use this in any negative form. And as we learn about it with each other, we can't then say, well, now you know, why aren't you doing it? Versus I guess what it, where we, and, and we started wrestling through kind of where we land on as, as, do we go to Christ to fill our needs to to be do we believe that he is enough right. for us but we also have these emotional needs and, and so we kind of shared how we've wrestled through that in our own lives as we talk about this and I think even as we've learned about it it's like here are my here Valerie are my top five needs or my top three that I've identified and I would really appreciate it if you worked to meet these and I'm going to work at identifying how to define it for you to help you go and be help put in some steps that will make these needs met and here's what happens in our relationship or here's what happens in my own life when you meet these needs and this is what it means to me but and if, vice versa but right? if you want to know yours right 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 <laughs> but if you don't meet them I'm not going to hold it against you and I'm still going to work to meet your needs. Yeah. I'm still going to work to lay down my life, to live for Christ. And through that, still work towards meeting your needs. And I'm going to also, though, continue to have the conversation. Like, this is, I think, the the other part that I really wrestle through in my own life of this isn't about just laying down and saying, okay, I'm just going to meet your needs. And if you don't meet mine, I'll never bring it up. It's like, no, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to say like, Hey, uh, remember that questionnaire that we just went through and these are the top four or the top three. Hey, I was just, they're not really being met or right. Like, well, the thing is again, and we've said this before is love doesn't enable sin love doesn't um stand by and say nothing and Mm -hmm. if 
if we're constantly pouring into our relationship and there's no reciprocating, we have to address that, mm-hmm. right? Again, yes, we're still married, but we're not growing. Right. We're not living into the fullness that God intended. Mm-hmm. And so we do need to bring that up. We need to address it. We mm-hmm. need to work through that. Maybe we need counseling. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's there's issues in between us that we're totally unaware of right. as to why our spouse is withdrawn right. and guarded towards us. And there could be some past hurt that they've never brought up. And so we, we have to, to wrestle through that. And so please don't think that by saying, I'm, I'm going to give you my my list of my needs. Mm-hmm. And if you don't meet them, I'm not going to hold it against you. It's more so if you don't meet it perfectly all the time. Mm. Because we should be both striving towards meeting these needs because that is the fullness that God intended for our relationship. Right. And we I just don't want to give the impression that that we just say nothing. Right. And no. and live in a really unhealthy, imbalanced yeah. relationship. Yeah. Well, where, that didn't work out for us. No. Right? When you didn't say anything, it didn't work out for us. No. Or when I didn't say anything or say it in a healthy way, it didn't work. Well, you end up drifting so far apart and there gets to be so much bitterness and this huge wall between you that you get to the point where you don't even like each other and you don't understand what's going on in each other's heads and hearts and you just feel like enemies mm. because there's so much woundedness. And so this is a tricky thing that... that Yeah, we don't want to hold it against them, but we do also need to be both pursuing this together. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like a fun ongoing conversation (laughs) is what it is, right? But it but it is. And 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 that's that line and that's that wrestle that that and the tension that we live in with these things. Yeah, because marriage, it should make our lives better. Right. It should make our lives more fun. Right. And and actually easier because as two people we can get more done. Yeah. We we can contribute more financially and with the family and domestically and it, it, it should make your life better yeah. being married. And yeah. so if it's not, it's like, well, what do we need to adjust? What do mm. we need to fix mm-hmm. to make it better? And and meeting these emotional needs mm-hmm. definitely makes mm-hmm. your relationship better. Yeah. yeah. So there are some things to, to wrestle with, to process, to <laughs> talk about. And and this is an ongoing conversation that we have. And, and it's it's the tension that we continue to live in too. And, and you probably maybe even picked up or heard that in our voices as we were explaining it. And, and that's okay. Like we are processing this and living mm-hmm. in it. Wrestling and through it. Wrestling through it. And so we hope that you will too. And we, as always, have some questions uh, to help end off our podcast. Uh, and, and, and here they are. Like how, how do they res- How does this resonate with you is mm-hmm. always kind of that, that first question that we want to throw out there is how the, does the topics, the, uh, and whether it be this podcast or the last podcast, cause it was kind of a continuation on, but how do these emotional needs and the concept of it, how does it all resonate with you? Yeah. How much, or, or which emotional needs stood out to you mm-hmm. and why? Mm-hmm. Why did that stand out to you? How would understanding your own emotional needs as well as your spouse's improve your relationship? Mm. And so once again, if you haven't done the questionnaire, we do encourage you to click on the link and uh, and fill out the questionnaire to get a deeper understanding of, of how you're wired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and we will talk with you next week. Bye.